0: There's an inflection point in life for each one of us which helps us rediscover ourselves. This is Akhil Minocha and I welcome you to the podcast series. In these podcasts, I cover some people who have had an impact or influence in my reverse and onward health journey. People from different walks of life who knowingly or unknowingly give positivity to life. Listen in and do read my book, Reverse and Onward for greater insights and inspiration. Welcome to the second podcast of the series, Reverse and Onward, based on my book with the same title. In the series, I would be covering real life, real inspirations, people who have had inspirational stories to lead a healthy life, and have had a positive influence in my life. I'm very happy to welcome Hethan Sonpal, who's been a good friend of mine for quite a few years now. It's difficult to really describe Hethal in just a few words. Hethal and me met in a technology company way back in 2012, and I've seen him evolve into a multifaceted personality, adept and skilled in a varied multitude of things. Hethal, you've recently also launched a book, Against All Odds which you've written on your father. And that's uh, something which is really interesting. It's a pleasure to welcome you on the podcast, Hito. Hey, thanks a lot, Akhil. And first
1: and foremost, would really want to thank you for this opportunity. I, I need to be honest and let you know that your questions made me think about myself as well. So I, I think that's phenomenal job you're doing of uh, getting together a bunch of people who have influenced you. And I think there's a lot to learn from each
0: other. Thanks a lot. Thanks a ton, Hetal. So let's get on to your journey. It'll be interesting to figure out what's really your mojo and uh, how do you manage to be a winner in so many diverse things that you lead today, right? So like I said, for the audience, so, uh, we've been good friends since 2012, but I've really seen you evolve from the time that you were I mean, leave marathons apart, you, would, you weren't really running on the road, right? So and from then on, you're a half Ironman uh, wanting to be a full Ironman pretty soon. So it really amazes me what you do. For the benefit of our listeners out here, you are an angel investor, sales, marketing and strategy leader, author, marathoner and a half Ironman. How can you manage juggling so many balls at one point in time and doing an awesome job in each one of them? Thanks a lot, Akhil. Uh,
1: No, I think you've done a great job of introducing me. If I was supposed to add, I'm a startup evangelist. I invest in advice uh, and mentor startups. I'm also a mentor with uh, Atal Innovation Mission, where I mentor school children on innovation programs. And my latest venture is I'm a doctoral student. I'm pursuing my PhD studies at IAM COSICORD. To answer your question, Akhil, uh, I don't think I could have done so many things at the same time. At any given point of time. But what I've made sure is that I've kept myself super active. To be doing something uh, all the time. And I keep my mind rolling all the time. And my family thinks I'm an extremely restless guy. And I think that's the best way to describe me. When it comes to health and fitness, I'm very passionate about it. Passionate with a sincere interest. And knowing for the fact that that's something which really does good to me. So if I'm healthy, my mind is active. And if my mind is active, it proactively encourages me to think more and do more. It's an interesting cycle. What you give to the body, the body gives back to you with
0: bonus and dividends. Well, that's awesome. I've seen you. You almost have a checklist of activities that you want to do over the next few years. Like you told me that you just halfway through being a half Ironman and you want to become a full Ironman and you want to scale the Mount Everest. That's awesome, just to say the least. And tell the audience on what really drives you. You mentioned that the zest and the energy in what you do helps you perform better on your work and across various aspects, including being a good son to your mother. But beyond that, and I don't want to put words into your mouth Uh, i want to understand from you that what really drives you what's your motivation to remain healthy the secret sauce here akhil
1: is i draw inspiration from anything and everything that includes even youngsters right so if if i see a kid is doing something very interesting i start thinking hey if i could do this as well right we had a bunch of friends in our school group who were very good at singing i was a lousy singer i'm still a lousy singer But I just got inspired and I was like, hey, you know, if I really work hard towards an activity, I don't see any reason why I can't improve myself significantly. Not that I'll become an expert at that, but I'll be able to reach a level far, far better than where I started off from. So I think what really drives me is to do the unknown, uh, to explore the unknown, to do something which I've not done and go through that experience and get that feel. And if I like that activity, I do more of it. Uh, Yeah, I think it's it's as simple as that. I don't think there's a complex uh, brain inside me, which is trying to do things uh, drastically differently. I think I just give a lot of importance to what I decide to do. Uh, I think that helps because once I ascribe it as an activity, which is important enough for me, I allocate time to it and I do it consistently. So being consistent at something over a period of time makes you really good at it. And the moment you're good at it, then consistency becomes a non-issue because, you know, you, you make it more like a habit. This whole journey of habit formation, having a routine, I think it can do wonders for anyone in any field. And I think that's
0: probably the long and short answer to your question. Absolutely. You know, that's so true. And what you just said. Just to relate something which I, I was seeing on Insta and Facebook, one of the posts of Milan Soban, right? So as we know that he is a complete f- fitness enthusiast himself. And the post was about the fact that he said that, well, I failed again. But look at the overall sentiment behind what he's saying that I failed again. So he was really talking about doing pull-ups on a bar. And uh, if you see what he says, he he shows that he's done 19 and a half pull-ups, right? So he wanted to do 20 and each day brings him to the 20 mark. And these were like real difficult pull-ups if you follow his posts. But, but then he's there on 19 and a half and he says every Friday... I try and ensure that I do these twenty pull-ups. Apart from, of course, his his other regime of of running and uh, his other exercises, so that he's able to raise the bar. So you're absolutely right, Hetal. It's it's just about doing something consistently. It's about challenging yourself to walk the extra mile or to stretch beyond what is just a comfort zone. And I've learned that so much from you. You, which is why I say, Hetal, you're always been an inspiration. So let's move back to earlier days when we had first met. We'd met in the cafeteria. We were colleagues at that office and you were chatting and sharing your lunch with uh, a few fellow colleagues when we uh, got talking, right? And I overheard you talk about preparing for the Airtel Delhi Half Marathon or ADHM as we all call the marathon. You weren't into marathons or or any form of running at that point in time. And now uh, you've, of course, run many marathons. Why don't you take us through your journey on fitness and... And also your experience on what prompted you to run that marathon and and how did life change from 2012 onwards to where we are today? Uh, You're right.
1: This was 2013 October timeframe when I was preparing for the ADHM that year. And yeah, honestly, I had never uh, ever considered running seriously. I mean, I lived in japan in tokyo for 10 years japanese are crazy about running and i kind of now when i think about it i kind of felt miserable that i never ran when i was in tokyo anyway so you know this was casual interaction with a friend of mine who we met at a party she was not drinking alcohol and i was like okay why are you not drinking alcohol she says uh, i'm preparing for adhm and honestly i didn't even know what's adhm then so she mentioned about uh, it being a half marathon race in delhi and i was like Sounds interesting. Uh, do I still have time to register? She said, Yes, you can. It was just five weeks to go, actually, not enough time to prepare for a half marathon. But I was like, Nothing to lose. Uh, I might as well participate and see where I land up. Five weekends, uh, five practice runs, starting with 5K, 10K, 14K, 17K. And I went and did the first ADHM in uh, not so bad a timing of two hours and 22 minutes. 12. And I was kind of overjoyed. It was a very satisfactory feel I got out of it. I was not looking at the health benefits of running at that point of time. But obviously, you know, once I started interacting with more runners, I realized what kind of a wave running was creating in the country at that point of time with, you know, almost every alternate weekend, there was an event happening within the city or in the country. And uh, I think that kind of helped me to be able to ascribe enough importance to running as an activity. And I think uh, running has probably been the fundamental base from which I've evolved as far as the consciousness for fitness and a healthy living is concerned. And I believe that just not running, right? I mean, if you can do any physical activity on a regular basis... And it's not a lot of time, right? I mean, of course, you know, if you run a marathon or a full or a half marathon, you obviously are going to be allocating a lot of time towards that particular event. But on a daily and a weekly basis, you obviously don't need to spend two, three hours on running. You could probably spend 45, 50 minutes. And if it's not running, you could be spending an hour in the gym, you could be walking, cycling, uh, swimming, yoga, Pilates, uh, you know, any physical activity if you do on a regular basis. And you train your body to get used to that physical tenor, right? that actually helps the body to be able to attune towards the regime and slowly start observing that your diet gets aligned as well. You shun fatty foods, I don't drink sodas that often. I am vegetarian, so my diet obviously is anywhere restricted from that perspective. But I become very conscious of what I'm eating. I'm not uh, into a diet regime of any sorts at all. So I, I eat uh, normal food. I have three meals a day, fairly balanced from that perspective. Yes, but I think you know it was then and now about thirteen full marathons and eighteen and a half marathons. But yeah, running has definitely been more like a lifestyle now for me rather than being an activity, which I need to force myself
0: into. Interesting. So, you know, since you mentioned about three meals a day, and uh, you're talking about your diet, so what do you generally eat? So you said you're a vegetarian. So what would your typical, you know, meals uh, during your day be like, Uh, you've already, you know, said you're, you're off sodas, et cetera. So I know it's healthy, but for our listeners out here, just some tips in terms of kind of food do you take? I love the regime,
1: which is easily ascribed in these three sentences, which says that you eat breakfast like a king, you eat lunch like a common man, and you eat dinner like a pauper. So the inverse pyramid, as they say, uh, having a heavy breakfast, uh, a decent lunch and a very light dinner ensures that you're not going to bed in the night with a heavy tummy. Of course, I do believe that uh, frequent snacks in between, healthy snacks, can help you to retain your energy levels throughout the day. Not having sodas, not having fried food too much. And I'm saying not soda. Not having soda means not complete ban towards it. But if I don't have to, I don't. Uh, But if I feel like I just pick up uh, a bottle of Coke or whatever and have it for a while as well. So I'm not completely banning it, but I don't have it on a regular basis being conscious of the fact that your body requires 1800 to 2400 calories uh, on a daily basis and knowing for a fact that if you are doing 1 hour of exercise in the morning and you're close to doing 10000 steps of walking in the day will kind of ensure that you will anyway be burning about 1500 to 1600 calories in the day which means that you are burning out bulk of the calories which you are anyway going to co- consume so you will be going to bed with a net zero average for the day which means that there is absolutely no way that you would end up gaining weight if you follow such a simple regime yes of course if you had a couple of gulab jamuns one fine day or if you had a a bowl of ice cream one day you can just be conscious of the fact that you had something heavy and uh, just go light for the next meal or the next day and uh, you should be fine so No rocket science as far as diet is concerned. I'm sorry if I'm going to disappoint the listeners about it. But yeah, I believe in keeping it small and short and simple.
0: You absolutely are completely bang on target because it's not about denying the body or denying yourself of of something that you would really like to have the question is that nine times out of 10 what is your meal intake and what are you getting the body habitually accustomed to right so uh, you know if it's uh, an excess of pizzas and coke uh, as a norm rather than an exception then obviously your body is going to be reacting differently right to that absolutely moving on you know move to your childhood was fitness an important part of your routine back then were you into Sports. Uh, tell us about your growing years and wanted to understand whether there was an inflection point where you changed radically. You know, you will you will laugh at it, but I was a total loser
1: as a child. I, I was not doing any of these things, right? I was not reading as many books. I was not into running or any fitness activities. My participation in sports days in pool used to be a fairly average to below average. I just I was just a normal child, right? I mean. I I didn't win any prizes or awards in any competition of any games, any sports. I was not the topper in the class. So I was, you know, 70, 80% range. I think I just didn't deter into something uh, wrong, right? So I was not eating fatty foods then as well. Coming from a middle class background, uh, living in a tier two city like Bhopal, you really don't have so much avenues at that point of time way back in 80s and 90s, right? I mean, uh, we didn't have that many opportunities. Eating a pizza was like a luxury which you would have once in six months or something like that. Going out into a restaurant and having a fancy meal used to be a rarity, right? So bulk of our time used to be healthy home-cooked food uh, cooked by our moms, right? So there was no chance of going wrong. So I was not a stout kid that way. We didn't have television to become a couch potato either, right? Um, So I think it was a very healthy childhood for us, right? I mean, we, we really had to really be exceptional to end up gaining weight. I mean, from a hereditary perspective or from a gene perspective, uh, some some people might end up having that. So I was fortunate from that perspective that my parents were fairly healthy as well. So nobody in the house was uh, having a, a weight issue or a diet issue of any sort. But being uh, sticking to that topic, I think uh, a lot of people end up going wrong in following extremely weird and different diets because they invariably are advocating a change in your routine and not eating a lot of stuff which you like to eat. I would recommend going for a fasting uh, once in a while and staying away from food for a while can be a lot more advantages than going on a strict diet which says you can't eat this, you can't eat this, you can't eat this, and you can only eat this. And once you switch back to your normal routine, you end up gaining weight as well. So you know that's the secret mantra as far as diet and fasting is concerned for me
0: that's interesting so tell me hithil how does fitness and good health help you in what you do and uh, your overall well-being like i said in the beginning of the podcast that you are into a multitude of things and which is what you kind of expanded on so that of course requires a fair amount of zest energy and planning to ensure that all guns that you're firing on are on course so very curious to find out how does fitness and good health help you in, in what you do to your overall well-being Oh, very important.
1: I think the day I don't do my uh, morning fitness routine or exercise regime, I feel uh, lazy throughout the day. I I sometimes have a headache, which I ascribe to the fact that I was not, I did not have a workout in the morning. Um, I believe a fit body can encourage your mind to do a lot more in your daily routine, whether it's at work or any other activity which you uh, engage yourself during the day. So it's definitely most important part, right, to stay healthy to stay fit, ensures you have a healthy mind. By the way, I meditate. and I do believe that meditation also contributes towards an overall well-being. It helps you to stay stable. It helps you to be able to have forward-looking thoughts open for ideas and suggestions. Wonderful. I
0: mean, I I saw your post the other day on doing Pranayam. So I knew that you were into yoga, but I didn't know that you're into meditation, right? So definitely we need to meet for a coffee soon. I I still get to know you better, right? There's ample opportunity to get to know you better than what I think I know you already. So (laughs) just on the line. Anytime
1: open for that.
0: Yeah. Just to end the podcast, we're coming towards the end. And I just wanted to ask you, you want to leave any learnings or words that you would like to share with the listeners on a signing of note? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I just wrote this on a post somewhere.
1: Never say no to anything, right? Anytime you come across anything which anyone suggests, do give it a shot, right? I mean, we typically tend to get overawed by the largeness of a challenge which an activity poses, and we tend to say, oh, I don't have time. And the fact that you we perceive that we are busy and we don't have time is the biggest misunderstanding that we live with. If we really ascribe importance to an activity, it's very much possible to do it. Uh, it might be a little hard to start with, but in the long run, it definitely helps, right? So yeah, the success mantra is never say no to anything. Do give it a shot, do give it a try. And uh, you never know where
0: your mojo lies at the end. Excellent, Hetal. I think that's a wonderful note to sign off on and it's really been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Look forward to meeting you soon for that cup of coffee or probably a drink when you can. So definitely it's
1: been a pleasure and just love our friendship and thanks a lot for all that you've done for me.
0: Thank you. Thanks a ton.